as the country begins to end COVID-related restrictions and society readjusts to life similar to pre-pandemic times, many people may feel anxious about returning to the dating scene, especially those who have been perpetually single previous to lockdowns. Sarah realizes the shame and grief often associated with singlehood and seeks to help others believe in themselves and love again. She specializes in perpetually single women and knows the struggle of feeling like an outsider. She's here to help give more insight and advice to those who struggle to land a date or stay in a committed and healthy relationship. Hey y'all, welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage Podcast, a podcast where Lola, that's me, a millennial mom talks to friends about life, motherhood, and everything in between. Every Wednesday, I bring you topics that we all struggle with, whether we're a parent or not. Every stage of motherhood is awkward. Whether you have one kid or six, you're a dog mom, or you feel like your partner's mom, things can get messy. I'm for sure an awkward mom, navigating all the growing pains that come along with millennial mom life. Feel stuck in an identity crisis? Feel like your life lacks direction? Goals feel distant? Well, you're not alone. Tune in every Wednesday as I go through the crazy coaster called life with you. This podcast celebrates motherhood in all forms for exactly what it is, awkward. I'm your host, Lola Nicole. Grab yourself a glass of water or wine, whichever suits your day, and get ready because the awkward mom stage starts now. Hey y'all, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Sarah Nazim. She's a certified stress and resilience coach and the founder of Emotive Coaching, a course designed to develop a user's emotional independence and build resiliency to adversity and rejection. If you feel like you never get asked out or never pursued, if you're currently single or about to be single, or you're just wondering what's going on in the dating world, then this episode is for you. So without further delay, let's get into this episode and get to know more about Sarah and emotive coaching. I am a um, personal development coach, but I am at the moment specializing uh, in, I guess, working with perpetually single women, which is kind of a a bit of a niche category that I think doesn't really get uh, much much attention. Um, right. And the reason why I am so focused on this is because I've gone through that myself. Um, so I know uh, the struggle of sort of feeling like an outsider. And right. um, so that's kind of who my main, my main audience is or who I, who I now, mainly work with. Yeah. When you say like perpetually single, is it like different? Is there different types of like singlehood, would you say? Yeah. So I would assume that everyone just has the same luck and love. But unfortunately, there are people who are just not, I guess, prone to being asked out or they are more prone to dealing with rejection. And a lot of times people who are in that situation and like, for example, they struggle to even land um, in a relationship. So they might land a date, but then that person is just like, I'm not interested. And then it's like a perpetual thing where it's like, I can give you an example for myself. Like I throughout most of my life, throughout high school, university, I was like never asked out. Men never showed any interest in me. 
um, I ended up having to be the one to do all of the pursuing because I was like, well, if they're not going to, no one's going to approach me, I'm going to have to do that. Um, right. And so I was very much an outlier. Uh, there are very few women who would be the ones to pursue men, but I was just so tired of w- watching everyone around me getting pursued. And I'm just like, well, am I like invisible? <laughs> um, and so that's the thing. So unfortunately there are people who really do struggle in the love department, but we don't really talk about it. And a lot of these people carry a lot of shame with them because they feel like there's like something wrong with them. Um, and I think my message to that, to people who are in that predicament is there is nothing wrong with you. Um, it's just, unfortunately dating is very, it is a very complex thing and people are complex. And, uh, I think once you really start to grasp the nature of reality and sort of how relationships work and how people think, um, it starts to shift how you, how you view yourself and how you view um, other people. So uh, a lot of the work that I do is very much to help broaden people's perspective um, and to help sort of boost their confidence and give them the tools to be able to overcome rejection and setbacks and, you know, remain resilient so that they can keep going. Because you know, I do believe that everyone deserves love. And for some people, it just takes longer than it does for others. And that's okay. So, right. Yeah. Do you feel like when you got into this kind of niche field, was there something like in particular that kind of pulled you towards it? Was it just like your experience or did you have other people that share the same experience? Absolutely. So, um, for me, the first place that I went to, well, actually not the first place I would say eventually on my journey, I was like, you know what, I want to see if there's other like groups for single people. So I would find like online sort of like Facebook groups and stuff like that. I would join them. And then I started to notice a pattern of, you know, other people having the exact same experiences that I was having. And that's when it kind of clicked that like, it's not just me because a lot of people right. who go through that, they just assume I'm the weird, I'm a weirdo, I'm ugly, I'm this, I'm that. And your mind starts going to all these dark places. But then when I went into this group, I was like, wow, there is such a mix of people from a variety of backgrounds, variety of ethnicities, variety of life circumstances. So it dawned on me that like perpetual singlehood is not really specific to one particular type of person. Um, regardless of how attractive you are, what your education is, how much money you're making, it could literally affect anyone. And so that's when I started to realize that, you know, it is, it's a problem that doesn't get talked about because there is so much stigma and shame around it. And that's why I felt it was so necessary to have a program like this for people who, who are sort of on the receiving end of, I would say above average levels of rejection. Right. Yeah. So would you feel like it's more of a, I guess, like an internal thing or is it like a style thing? Well, I guess it wouldn't really be a style thing because there's a lot of people that will like change their style, kind of like yeah. evolve and all of that, and it still doesn't work. So yeah. how do you feel like they differ from just a regular, I guess, single person or someone who's like newly single? Um, I think they differ from in the sense that like they go into it with the same intention as anybody else, but it's just that the outcome, unfortunately, is usually just like, okay, they meet someone and then maybe that person's just like, yeah, I'm not interested. And it's kind of like a lot of times these women, they just don't, they're not even given a chance. It's kind of like 
the person meets them and they've already decided, I just not interested like next, or they like most people, they might date for a few months, but then it's just like, it just ends up being nothing. It's like more right. of a, a situationship, which I think a lot of people go through that. But I think people who fall into the perpetually single category, um, a lot of them face, um, I guess, high levels of that. <laughs> and it, right. it gets very aggravating when you keep trying and trying and trying and you can't even find one person who will just give you the light of day. Um, like for me personally, you know, I saw the lengths that men would go to for women that they liked and like the lengths that they would go to impress them. And I'm just sitting there like, like no one's doing that for me. No one is right. going out of their way to get my number. No one's buying me flowers or like doing any of that. So it's just like, you know, there, there's sort of those moments where you really start to doubt like, okay, like why, why is that person getting all that attention? Why am I not getting that attention? Um, but at the same time though, it's also important to acknowledge that, you know, I have also done rejection, uh, rejecting, you know, so it, it is a two way street. Right. Um, so I think there's sort of two sides of that conversation is one side of it is like, obviously what are your expectations and how are you, know, how are you showing up and you know, who are you picking? So that's sort of one side of it. But once you have that sorted, um, which I think a lot of perpetually single women tend to have because they've made a lot of bad choices as we all do. Like when you first start dating, we all kind of, when we're younger, we're naive. So, you know, we're more rebellious. We, we chase our desires <laughs> and right. that's like going after the bad boys and the bad girls. And so we all go through that phase. We all, we get burned and then we learn. So I've noticed that most perpetually single women, they are actually very, most of them are highly self-aware. So they, they are aware of like, okay, what's healthy, what isn't healthy. Um, but even, in, even then it's just, still difficult because, you know, you know, they, they might like someone and then it's like not reciprocated or like vice versa. And so there is sort of the, the normal dilemma that most people face. Um, but it's just, I guess, made worse by the fact that it's like, there's never, um, there's never a resolution. Like it's always just people who are just temporary or people who just waste their time or who ghost or who just don't put effort in. And so there's just a lot of that sort of one-sided, um, I guess, one-sided relationships. Right. I feel like that seems to be happening a lot more, I would say, post-pandemic. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but, like, all my friends that are, like, dating and everything right now, they're like, I just, I don't get it. Like, it's, yeah. it's one date or some conversation and then mm -hmm. they just disappear and you're like, okay, like, what's yes. happening? <laughs> I, I, I. I hear you on that. And I have been hearing that as well too. But I think to be honest, uh, the more I think about it, the more I've realized that I think it is more a fundamental problem with our dating culture, because what has happened over the years is we have lowered relationship standards for both men and women. And what right. happens when you lower standards is that there are no standards. <laughs> and right. so the problem is that I think what I'm noticing is that a lot of women have ignored their intuitive desire for monogamy, commitment, marriage, because our culture has convinced us that those things are not important. You can delay it. You can do that. But because we've done that, it's sort of, like I said, it's sort of um, gotten rid of any standards. And so most people go into things just thinking like, oh, I'll just see how this goes, you know, or it's like, there's more emphasis on sort of the pleasure aspect of it, as opposed to like, 
are my values aligned with this person? You know, right. could I see this person raising my children? And so because we've come to that point, I think it's just made things a lot more difficult in general for everyone and including men. You know, there are also very, there are good men, but there are women who also ignore those good men. And so it's like, it's a two-way street of, I think, just the fact that we've lost sight of our values, we've lost sight of our standards as a collective. I am talking in North America. You right. know, our, our dating culture has just gone down the drain pretty much. So um, I think we're only going to start to see more of that. Um, you know, there are certain groups, like, I don't know if you've heard of like incels, those involuntary mm-hmm. celibates. And then there's also, I think, uh, a group now of women who are fem cells. And um, I believe that that's very much a microcosm of a much larger pro- dilemma. Right. And that, um, you know, uh, I read that, actually, no, it was in a in a video um, by Alain de Botton. He's, I guess I would consider him a bit of a philosopher, but, um, you know, he quoted um, a study that said that, you know, over 60% of our life satisfaction is dependent on the quality of our primary relationships. And yet we live in a world where we are so externally focused, we place far more emphasis on career development than we do our personal development and our development on our relationships. Mm-hmm. And so because we don't place emphasis on that, it kind of takes a backseat if you think of how much time we spend to just develop a career, the amount of skills or like, you know, we'll go to school, we'll do this, we'll read all these books. And, but then when it comes to like ourselves and like figuring out our home life, our family life, we don't, we don't spend any time thinking about that because in our mind, it's just, I just want to feel good. I want to be happy, but it's like, we're not discussing, well, how do you actually maintain happiness? Because it's not, um, you know, happiness is not, stagnant like there are up, ups and downs it's just right. a part of part of sort of being human and so i think until we start to focus more on cultivating and learning how to cultivate ourselves first of all how do we become healthy people and then how does that then affect our relationships um i think that's going to be fundamentally needed if we want to encourage a culture that values healthy and long term stable you know relationships so right yeah. Yeah, I think especially now like self-love and kind of learning self and mm-hmm. understanding what you want and what you need and being able to vocalize that. I think that's becoming a lot more important now, which Absolutely. is a good thing. I feel like I think even like in relationships once you finish swiping left or right or however they mm-hmm. do it, like yeah. once you're done and you're kind of in a relationship and then it just fizzles out like really quickly and you're like okay what happened it's like well nobody really took the time to kind of figure out what where is this going what are we doing next what are you expecting what am I expecting and I think especially now with like everything being so accessible and you can find a new date in five minutes now like there's no quality in what what you're doing what you're putting out in your dating life anymore Exactly. And I I completely agree with that. And I think it boils down to also um, our education system. Uh, Like I said, our entire education system is just placed on equipping people to go to whatever and get a job. But then where is the education on how do you cultivate yourself? Like, how do you, what, like, what is a family? How does a family work? What, what is considered healthy? Like we don't have, like, that should be 
embedded into our society. That should be the foundation. Like our happiness in life is largely dependent on our quality of our relationships. Right. And so it's like, um, it, it just boggles my mind that we don't spend enough time on that. And then, you know, we sit there and wonder why dating is such a nightmare. Well, <laughs> it's because we've, you know, I think largely the mainstream media has made us believe that it is just a fairy tale, that it's just supposed to all be rainbows and butterflies. But it's like, unfortunately, life is so much more complex than that. And it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. There are going to be times that are not as, um, as happy uh, or, or pleasurable uh, because we're human and we're flawed and, you know, we're going to mess up sometimes and that's okay. So it's like you said, it's, it's like, we need to teach children, especially from like teach people from a young age. Okay. Well, how do you overcome those obstacles? And you know, what, well, what is real love? Like, what does that actually mean? And I think if we start to have more cultural conversations about that, I think we can start to shift why people get into relationships in the first place, who, who they allow into their, like, why do we allow people into our space? Right. You know? And like, I think there's too much short-term thinking and not enough long-term thinking. And to be honest, I think women get affected a lot by this, um, especially when they end up having to raise children on their own. And a lot of times, you know, I, I just think most women, not all women, but a majority of women, they do value marriage and they want that sort of family life and they want to have someone there to be able to help them and, you know, pick up the slack where it's needed. So right. it's like, I think we have to get back to fundamentals. Um, it's not to say that we're going to go back to like the 60, like we're not going to go back in time, but we just need to upgrade our, 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 I guess our thinking while still sort of having that level of, I guess, tradition. That's sort of my belief is sort of what's missing is that sort of, you know, understanding of like, what is, what is everyone's role? Because I think right now there's so much confusion and I think mainstream feminism has unfortunately kind of tainted that. Right. I think a lot of women are too afraid to actually say like what it is they actually want. And they're kind of adhering to an ideology that maybe isn't what they want, like what they truly desire. So there's just so much confusion in terms of like gender roles and like who's supposed to do what. And like, so there, there's a lot to unpack <laughs> in that, uh, in that realm. Yeah. I think, I think perfection and like the perfect relationship, there's too much emphasis on it. Yeah, there is nothing is perfect. Like, even for those that have been married, like myself, like there's days where you're like, why did I, why did I do this? Like, what yeah. what are we in this for? Like, you there's constantly work, and I feel like now it's kind of gotten to a lazy spot where it's like, well, this is what I want, and this is how it should feel, and if mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like this, then it's not real. And it's like, no, yeah. like social media plays way too much into that now I think too was like the perfect relationship and these amazing dates and guys are like well I can't afford that yeah yeah it's just a whole thing for sure yeah I agree and I I think for me like I've learned the hard way too that I I do think that real love isn't necessarily butterflies I actually Mm -hmm. think that real love is actually more boring than we portray it to be and I don't mean boring in a bad way but I mean I think it's more grounded. I think our idea of love is very airy fairy. And yeah. I think I think there should be elements of that in a relationship, but unfortunately, I think just the reality of love is that um 
it takes work. Like it, right. it does take work. And, but you have to think of the, the pros and the cons that come with that. Having someone that you can rely on, especially during difficult times that you can't, money can't buy that. Right. Or having uh, even children for women who want children that you, money, you can't buy that. And it's like, um, I just think we need to, we just need to, I think, just shift our values and, and realize like how important um, you know, having real bonds are versus right. just superficial ones, you know? So. Yeah. I think education in school, if there was more of like life skills, may, may, yeah. basic life skills, exactly. kind of just something to kind of help develop youth into kind of understanding and like sharing feelings is okay. And if yeah. you feel this way, you know, share it. And if that person doesn't share the same feelings, it's okay. Like it, it, there's something needs to be taught to where people kind of understand, like, this is, these are good feelings. These are bad feelings. It's okay for me to share these feelings so exactly. that I can get help. And I think that that plays a part in it too, is you never want to just settle. I feel like that's what it's come to sometimes. I was like, well, you know, he was, he did this, but you know, mm-hmm. there's this, there's these red flags, but like, you know, he didn't do this though. So it's For okay. Sure. I'm yeah, still yeah, exactly. in a relationship. So I'm not single. I'm good. And it's like, well, you don't want that. Like you still want exactly. it to, to feel good. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it boils down to just our level of maturity. I think everyone kind of matures at a different, um, phase. Yeah. And for me, what I, I noticed was that I, I've always been far more mature for my age. And when I reflected on a lot of my past experiences, I realized that like it pro- a lot of the stuff probably didn't work because I think maybe I was way too mature. And I, I, I've always wanted monogamy. I've always wanted just that one person. Like that's just sort of who I am. And right. so I think a lot of the people I was meeting were not in that place. <laughs> and so a lot of the pain that I carried with me at that time in retrospect, I'm like, well, that was just where they were at mentally. Right. And I was mentally far ahead of them from a mature, from a maturity perspective. And that's probably why that didn't work. And also when people are younger, they tend to be a lot more superficial. Now, right. the unfortunate dilemma that we have now, though, I think is that a lot of people, unfortunately, are not m- maturing. <laughs> so a lot of them are just kind of staying in that level of immaturity. And that's yeah. what I think. And that's for both men and women. You know, there, there's on both ends, there are people who are just not getting past that sort of grasping the superficiality of a relationship. And then they're right. just kind of dwelling in that because of the, the adrenaline and, you know, that those sort of the, the, those feelings that you get that excitement and they just want that rush of excitement. Um, because reality, like I said, is a, is a bit more boring, <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah, I, I think the more you, I think my advice to women is like, you have to be number one is like, confidence. You have to be Mm -hmm. confident in who you are and you have to stand by your values and your beliefs. That's what, that's what has gotten me through. Um, and obviously upholding your, uh, your standards, because once you do that, then dating becomes a lot easier because I can gauge when someone is just, you know, wasting my time or, you know, if, if it's just not mutual, why am I going to emotionally invest in that? Like I've come to a point where I'm just like, okay, this is just not right for me next. Um, whereas there's a lot of advice right now telling women to just like, Oh, we'll just stop dating altogether. But it's like, it's one thing to take a break, which I did. And I found 
huge value in that. I've spent uh, at least two, three years just in solitude um, and just learning to do things on my own. And, you know, that time alone gave me time to think about the deeper questions or like I was asking myself, like, why am I suffering? Um, Why is there suffering? (laughs) Like, you know, what is the what is the meaning of life? And I started really, really asking myself these deeper questions. And the more I asked, the more the answers came to me because I would research stuff or I would find a book. And then, you know, it starts to broaden your perspective and then you become wholer as a person because right. you don't just understand your own perspective. You start to understand the other person um, as well. And so I think what women really need or even men is to learn how to be resilient and to learn to recognize where you are at and where someone else is at. And then once you have that skills, that skill and you have those tools, it becomes a lot easier. I'm not saying that it's not going to suck because I right. know that to keep going on dates and have nothing come out of it is very exhausting. Um, so it is good to take breaks when you, you feel you need it. Um, even if you, maybe you do need a year or two. I mean, that's obviously up to your discretion, but I think it's very unhelpful when there's a lot of advice out there just being like, yeah, just, you don't need to date anymore. But it's like, if you do value relationships and you want that partnership, um, you know, I'm of the belief that you should at least try. <laughs> and yeah. Hey y'all, Lola here. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you haven't already, it would be so great if you could leave a rate and review. So I know how I'm doing. Don't forget to check the show notes for links from today's show and any other information you may need. There's also some great books listed, our Facebook group link, and you can always follow us on Instagram at The Awkward Mom Stage for updates, reels, clips from the show, and more. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. And that's kind of what my course gets into is like really helping women build the resilience that they need to keep going and and to not lose faith and to believe in themselves and believe that they are worthy because sometimes it's very easy to lose sight of, of who we are and what we're worth, you know? So, right. Do you see a lot of, because I know it's always like debate, like, Oh, if women weren't so independent, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, well, we all need to be independent to yeah. some effect. Do you feel like you see a lot more women that are viewed as, like strong-willed independent that are perpetually single or is it kind of like a broad spectrum of different types of Um, women? I would say that I think for me, like a lot of the people, the women that I meet are obviously, I would say they're probably, yes, they are independent. Like, yeah, they have careers and stuff. Um, but I don't think that that's a good excuse because I've heard that narrative too. To be honest, I think it's kind of what I was saying before. I just think we've kind of, we've lowered our, our standards. And unfortunately, a lot of us have, when you accept less than what you deserve or what you want, what happens is you start to normalize that. And so we've normalized this culture that's just like, okay, well, you want to give me crumbs, I'll accept it. And Um, I actually think that we should be elevating our standards for both men and women. Um, I do think that it's like, 
if a woman has worked hard and she's achieved a certain level, I think it's fair for her to want someone at that same level. But again, it does boil down to like personal preference. But I I do think that also there are people who have too high expectations, meaning they're Mm -hmm. expecting to date like a millionaire or something. But it's like, are you a millionaire? (laughs) You are not a millionaire. (laughs) And it's like, I can understand wanting maybe someone at your level. Right. But so, so I think there are extremes and I think the extremes are dangerous, but I think I think a woman that has her her stuff together, that's, I think a man would want that. You would want a strong woman. Like I think men often forget that they are also weak. They are going to have moments of weakness. There are going to be times where maybe you are going to lose your job. God forbid you'll get sick. I think you would want a woman who's going to be able to take care of you or help you or, you know, it's not, it's not all about the monetary, but it's also on the emotional front. Like you want someone who's going to support you on that as well or in that area too. So I don't know. I'm just of the I'm of the belief that we need to encourage higher standards as opposed to lower lower ones, which is what right. we currently have right now. So, yeah, having I have like a little experience being like a single mom and yeah. just you know being young and single, yeah. and it's all kind of like boils down to like making sure that you're still focusing on you because I always say like once you get into a relationship if you have to figure out who you are within the relationship, it's going to be a lot harder. Of course. So going into a relationship, knowing who you are, knowing what you want and not accepting less, like just because somebody said like, Oh, well you're going to be single forever. If you, that doesn't mean that you have to accept the next guy that asked you out on a date just because he was nice. Like that doesn't, don't accept less and make yourself less just to be in a relationship because then exactly. you're going to end up being single again. <laughs> well, yeah. And that, and that's, that's completely true. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of people, they will go into relationships just because they don't want to be alone right. um, or they'll try to, I think women do this a lot as they try to make things work when it's, it's just like, they know it's intuitively, they know it's wrong, but because they don't want to go back into the dating field, they don't want to be single. So they're like, okay, I'm just going to put up with this. Um, and I think that's very, murky water because unfortunately, like I would say 99% of the time, those relationships end up failing anyways. So it's, it is actually better to hold off, um, and wait for someone that you intuitively know is like going to stick around or who's, who is going to be good for you, who's going to add value to your life as opposed to just being there for the sake of, you know, like you said, being with someone. So I, I do agree with that. So within like your like coaching and everything, when do, when does someone come to you like, okay, it's, it's been a while. Do they like kind of bounce around and do like the dating apps and then the matchmaking services and then come to you? Or do they kind of like try and skip that? A lot of them have been through all of that for like years. So usually the women who come to me have like, they've been doing the whole dating thing for so long and they're just like, they're frustrated. A lot of them are just I think very upset. Um, and I, I see a lot of myself in these people because I think a lot of them are, I, I would say some of them are in the phase where they're just sort of getting into that phase of solitude, meaning, meaning right. they're just sort of getting comfortable with the idea of being alone. Some of them have been alone for a while and they just can't figure it out. And they're like, I'm just annoyed. Like, what am I doing? And so those are kind of the two groups of people that I get. Um, and I think my my course really does a good job at helping 
like the material in there does help them kind of question things a little bit. Um, because as a coach, it is my job to help people dig within themselves to help them find their own answers. Um, and I think at the end of it, they just have, like I said, a, a clear sort of macro view of just how life works and how people right. work. And, and, and the fact that yes, life is complex because we're all at very different places. And so when you, tr- you put a bunch of people in, uh, on, in the earth <laughs> or in life in, in one area and, you know, you're, we're all just, we're all just trying to figure it, figure it out. So when we approach it from a lens of empathy and sort of, obviously not accepting, I'm not saying you have to accept poor behavior, but at least you can sort of comprehend maybe why someone is acting the way they're acting or right. recognizing that someone is just not at the same maturity level, then, then it doesn't, then there's no ex- reason as to why you should internalize that and, and put that on yourself or blame yourself for that. You know right. what I mean? So, um, I think it's just a lot of reframing, a lot of sort of broad thinking, really just shifting their perspective and then helping them get clear on like, okay, what are my, what are my next steps? How, how am I going to approach dating or what, what, what areas of my life have I neglected that I've always wanted to, or, you know, maybe there's something in their career that they actually want to focus on while they are in this phase of solitude. And, you know, so it's kind of encouraging them to embrace their time in solitude, but then at the same time, also encouraging them to put themselves out there and not approach every date with the mindset that, oh, this is going to be the one. It's like, no, approach it as if you're just meeting a friend for the first time. You know, you're just going out for a coffee date, meeting a colleague from work. And, you know, I think when you, when you approach it from that perspective, you're not putting pressure on yourself. You're not putting pressure on the other person. And then you, you're just kind of seeing, you know, seeing where things go. And if they don't work out for whatever reason, then you make peace with that and you, you move on. So I think my goal is to get women to that level of thinking, (laughs) because once you have that level of thinking, that's how you build resilience. You're pushing your mind past the, the comfort zone. Like we're, we're very much programmed. Our, our brain is programmed to take the path of least resistance. That's why we have that fight or flight mode, right? Like any little bit of discomfort, it's like your body is just on alert. And so my job is to help you push through that to, to activate your smart brain, which is what's going to help you get through all of those sort of annoying, (laughs) you know, rough patches. Right. Do you see, is it like a, a large like age, like range of, of women, or is it more like geared towards like a specific age range that you see coming to you? It's really for anyone. Like it's of any age, um, from going into a lot of these groups, like these women's groups, um, I've noticed that there are women as young as 18 in those groups who were mm-hmm. complaining about the same thing or like women right. who are like, yeah, like why isn't, I mean, 18 is very young. So obviously that I don't really get people that young, but I do see complaints coming from women right. that young. But I find for me, most of the women that I get are like over so far have been over 28, like 28 and, and older. Okay. I would say the oldest I've worked with is, I think she was like 43 or 44. So that's kind of the age range that I tend to attract. Um, but it is really open to, to anyone who kind of feels like they are in that, you know, perpetual rut. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause I see a lot, I, I feel like people are starting to settle down a lot older now. Yeah. Like they're waiting a lot later in life 
they're trying to like like you said figure themselves out and kind of do the whole career thing and I think sometimes they get caught up in the career thing feeling like you know if I focus on this then yeah. everything else is gonna just fall into place and it's like well you still gotta put a little effort in like exactly it's not yeah. gonna it's not just gonna bounce right right in your lap it's not a movie but like I think some people I've noticed that a lot more women are starting to settle down later on in life. I agree. And I think that boils down to what we talked about earlier was, um, I think it, it is not necessarily to be blamed on the education system, but also just the media and a lot of the rhetoric that gets, um, I guess taught through, through that, through that means. And I think we're not, I think we've a majority of us have been misled and I think right. it's just, I think we're at a time now where we need to look at our parents' generation and say, okay, what didn't work there? Because I mean, I come from a family of divorced parents. So it's like, I I've, I've seen a lot and I know a lot of other people have been through that as well. So it's like, we have to look at the past and say, what didn't work and why didn't it work? Right. And from what, from what I can tell, I think it's like, like we said before, we need an education system that's going to emphasize the importance of, of relationships, meaning it is a foundational part of our mental health. You know, there's all this talk of mental health, but then we don't talk about one of the most crucial things to our mental health is our relationships. I think right. most people have so much anguish because they either don't fit in, they don't have friends, or it's like a combination of just, you know, a romantic dilemmas right. or family dilemmas. So a lot of our anguish comes from our interpersonal relationships. And until we start to prioritize that and we start encouraging healthy relationships, meaning like don't just get into a relationship because it's like, because the person is good looking or for whatever other superficial reasons. Like right. obviously I think part of maturing is that like, yeah, you are, I think we we're naturally going to make stupid mistakes, but I think if we were to maybe just push a different narrative that it might encourage the younger generation to just make a bit more wiser decisions with why they enter the re the relationships that they do, you know? Yeah. I think it also is the fault. I mean, I, I feel like society right now kind of is sending like a very mixed message because yeah. they push single women to get in a relationship. When are you going to have a, when do you get married? When are mm -hmm. you going to have the baby? And like, there's so much pressure before they even get into a relationship. Yeah. And now they're scrambling and stressing, trying to get into this relationship. Everyone's forcing them to get into and just yeah. telling them it has to happen right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I see a lot lately, I, I, there was someone that was, uh, he was like a single male, and he was like, how come I see so many
telling women that like marriage isn't important and the family, like right. who cares? You don't need to have children. So they're, they're, like you said, there's so many different messages being put out there. Like I think right. the one about marriage and family, I think that one's always been there, but I've noticed over the past couple of years that there's more feminist rhetoric around like family isn't important, focus on your career. Mm-hmm. And so I, I actually think that it, it does kind of boil down to the lack of education is that we don't, we haven't really quite figured out, or like, at least we're not really pushing like, okay, well, like, like I said, well, what is like a healthy relationship? What does that look like? Or like, what is the purpose of a relationship? And I think because we haven't collectively defined that, I think that is a problem. Um, right. Because it is left to just open to interpretation. And um, I guess, you know, we all go through different things in life and we all have different expectations. And so it's like, how do we manage those expectations? So there is a lot of gray, there's a lot of gray area there, but I think similar to what you said, like, I think we shouldn't necessarily be pressuring people to get into something if it's not, uh, if it's not healthy or if it's not, right. if there's no long-term potential or, you know, obviously there is a, a purpose for solitude. I just think that if we were to do things maybe a bit wiser from the beginning, like, you know, have sort of a collective understanding of, okay, well, what is a relationship or like, when should we get into one? Or I think maybe that might help alleviate some of, some of that because, uh, you know, life is very much a journey and we're all sort of just trying to figure things out. So, um, it's not really to put blame on people who, who are single or who, who don't have a family. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, they do want that stability. And I think for me, I want to, I would rather encourage a society that values healthy relationships and that values family. And, you know, I would rather see more of that than a lot of the feminist rhetoric. That's like, let's dismantle family. Let's get rid of family. Like, no, why don't we work? And that's the easy way out. Like, let's try to figure out why it is difficult and how we can make things better. And I think, I think people will start to be a lot happier if we can, we can talk through that and figure that out, you know? Right. I mean, it's human nature to cohabitate at some point. So why yeah. not make it like an enjoyable process for exactly. everyone? <laughs> With exactly. your uh, coaching program and everything, is it like kind of like a weekly thing? Do they work with you on like a long-term basis? How does that work? So it's basically a self-paced um, online course, but then there's also a group coaching. So I do weekly group coaching. Okay. Um, so the course is very, it's pretty short. It's only a six, six hours of learning modules. And then there are the uh, self-paced uh, exercises, like their work workbooks that they work through. So this helps them really reflect. <laughs> so it helps them set their world. What is their worldview? Like what are their beliefs, their values? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? You know, I also encourage them to seek therapy if they feel like there are stuff from their past that they're struggling with or family issues or any other sort of mental health issues that they might feel might maybe hindering them. And then, you know, there's just other other exercises that help them release, you know, old baggage, help them get clear on what they are going to look for when they're dating. And then also to set, um, to step into their vision of like who they are and what they want out of their life. So it's not just about the relationship aspect. It is who are you as a person? What do you want to achieve? What are your right. goals? So it's like a very, I guess, comprehensive whole person coaching. So it touches on all elements of the self. Um, And then the group coaching component is where they can ask. um, Obviously, I leave the floor open to them to 
pick the topic of discussion. Like, what do you feel? How are you guys feeling? What, what do you want to discuss? Right. Um, but then we also, which I think is very important as we get into the topic of, you know, how can we as women influence change in the dating culture and what does that mean? So I really, right. I don't want to be the one to dictate and say like, okay, this is what we should do. I mean, I have beliefs about what we should do, but I also want to hear from other women as to what they feel. And I kind of want to collect data over time to see like, is it consistent? Do women actually have the same um, opinions about dating? And right. are they, are they po- what are the positives? What are the negatives? Um, and I think so far what I've heard is that a lot of them obviously are not happy with it. Um, a lot of them have expressed that they weren't, a lot of them actually were not really comfortable with sort of the casual hookup. Like a lot of them said that they would partake in things they didn't really want to, or they felt right. like they sort of had to, or like they felt sort of pressured. And so there's a lot of that that doesn't make it into into our sort of discussions around relationships. And um, so there's a, there's a lot to get, a lot to dig into, but I think it's a very important conversation because I want women to, to use like their like their skills, like their, their natural ability to form relationships and to use that to their advantage and to, to put their foot down when they need to put their foot down. And, you know, I think we need more of that. We need to encourage women to embrace what feels right for them, as opposed to telling them that they should act a certain way or that, you know, you know, if you don't like casual culture, don't participate in it. If, right. you know, if it's not for you, then don't. But there's, unfortunately, and I feel that there's a lot of women who are not down with that, but they do it because they think, well, if I don't, then no one's going to, no one's going to date me or no one's going right. to this or no one's going to that. And so there, there's a lot of that that doesn't get discussed. So. Do you do any like one-on-one or is it just like within the group or the um, coaching? So as of right now, I do, the coaching course is very much, um, a prerequisite because it does kind of cover the basics. Um, so as of now, there's not too many, that many people in the coaching program because I've recently launched it. So most of the people in the program are pretty much getting one-on-one. With okay. me. Um, but, uh, the people who are in the program, they can actually book one-on-one if they would like to get into sort of more personal stuff that they don't, they don't want to discuss out in the open in that regard. Yes. I, I do also do other uh, types of coaching sort of with like other organizations, but that's completely separate from the sort of the niche that I'm, that I'm working in with the course. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it seems like it's kind of like a little bit of like life coaching in there too. So they're kind of getting like a dash of a life coach and like a dating coach and everything kind of in pretty, one. Pretty much. So it's like, it, it is very much personal development because I do think that a lot of this stuff is very much, is very interconnected. Right. Um, so um, it is very much personal development coaching. So it is going to help you on all sort of all fronts of, uh, of yourself, I guess <laughs> you could say. Awesome. So everyone would like to know like where they can kind of find you, where they can connect with you, possibly work with you and learn more about you. So are you on like social medias as well as your own websites? I know you have your own like website and everything as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. So um, you can find me at sarahnazim.com. Um, and there you'll find a link to my Instagram. That I think that would just be easier. It is my Instagram is emotive by Sarah. Um, or you can just go to my website and then 
uh, you'll see the link at the bottom. And you can also book a free clarity session if you just want to chat and I can tell you whether my course is right for you or not. Because there are people who book them and then I realize that it's just not a good fit for them because it's just not really catered to the program. And I guess I'll also mention that I do currently have a very reduced rate. It's like more than half off um, my course. So if you are interested um, in sort of getting out of the rut that you're in, if you feel that you're in a rut or you've been single for a while and you're kind of struggling with that, I would love to be able to help you. Um, So yeah, you can just head over to my website and all the information that you need is there. Yeah, I see. It's like such a cute little website too. I love the oh, design with the, thank you. the little drawings. I, I have something kind of like that in my digital planner. So I saw it. And nice, I was like, that is nice. so cute. Oh, but if you guys you. like scroll all the way to the bottom, she's got Twitter and Instagram right there. You just tap on them and you'll be able to get a hold of her. And this has been like, I mean, it's nice to actually like talk to someone that's kind of like in it as well as like my friends. My friends are there in the dating world and everything, but I feel like they are kind of like new to it. Some of them. So it's still, I'm just kind of getting their like dating app horror stories. So it's kind of like nice to hear a different perspective and that there is women that are actually looking for, you know, wholesome relationships that are going to last and turn into something that aren't. Cause I, I do feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot more, feminism in a way that it's like well I'm not having any luck so now it's just I just hate everyone all men exactly. are the worst and exactly. like we don't want that narrative because it's definitely not gonna help <laughs> for sure and like you know the thing is though like I I acknowledge that you know there are some women who really don't want relationships or they don't want fan like they don't want children whatever and that's fine right. um, but I do think that that narrative I'm of the belief that that is a very small minority. I don't think that that's the majority. And I think that's right. where, I think that's where the problem is, is that the, the, the rhetoric that's meant for a, perhaps a minority is what a, the majority is sort of adapting to. And I don't think it's actually working because it's like intuitively, a lot of women want one thing. We, I'm of the belief that a, a majority of women do want they value monogamy. They value that sort of stable family life. A lot of them do value traditional gender roles. I right. hate to say that, but a lot of them do. So until we start having those sort of open discussions and, you know, I, I think feminism should be like, yes, if you, if that's what you value, it's okay to say that you value that. If you don't, it's okay to say that you don't, but it's, but the dilemma that we have now is a lot of women who do value those things are saying they don't. And then they're, they're kind of, you know, participating in a culture that is working against that and then wondering, okay, well, why is dating hard? Well, because you're going against your values, you're going against your intuitive desires, and that's kind of causing a lot of ripple effects. And then it's it's, uh, actively lowering our standards because we've collectively decided that marriage isn't important, family isn't important. And so the result of our collective actions is what we we see is chaos (laughs) in, in, in love and relationships. So, so I, I hear what you're saying (laughs) completely. Yeah, I think a majority, I would say a majority of my friends, they kind of, if they have like a different view on relationships, whether they're like poly or they're into something else, they're pretty like vocal on it. It's a small amount of them, but the ones that are, they're vocal on it already. So I don't really feel like it's a majority of women are just, you know, 
they just want to do their own thing and throw yeah. away all the roles. I feel like exactly. it is a, a smaller percentage because even in my friend group, it's just like a few. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's something like the ones who, the ones, the, the feminist rhetoric who that applies to, like, if that applies to you, fine. But if it doesn't apply to you, it's like, I'm here to say, like, it's okay to say that you value that. It's okay to say right. that you value monogamy, that you've, we, you also have a voice and you're allowed to, to express that you're allowed to stand firm on those values. And so when you are meeting people, you want to have a proper relationship, then you have to turn down people who don't align with those values. Right. And yeah, so that's kind of just, that's kind of the messaging that I try to really to get across. And I think it it makes a huge difference. I mean, it made a huge difference for me because I just thought I had to kind of just blend in and behave how everyone else behaved. And that just didn't end well. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, the, the smarter you get or the clearer you get on what you want, then the clearer you, you get on, on who you allow into your space, basically. Well, this has been like an awesome conversation. I hope all of my listeners and even my friends that listen that are single, they kind of like take these tidbits and check out your website and everything so they can kind of, it can help them in their journey. Even if it's new, if they find themselves in this situation, then they have somewhere that they can kind of look into that because it's, I didn't even realize that there was a different, a difference in singlehood, so to speak. I yeah, guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it would make sense. There's difference. There's different marriages. So I guess it would make sense. Like you just think, single and you're like oh okay they're not in a relationship but it's like for different reasons so (laughs) exactly yeah I know for sure and I I think perpetually single women unfortunately they don't have much of a voice and a lot of them feel alienated because they like I said they internalize it and think oh there's something wrong with me but like I said before um, unfortunately that sort of strain of singlehood is not specific to any gender or ethnicity or education or whatever, it literally can affect anyone. And so that's why I think, um, or at least I thank you uh, for allowing me to have um, this conversation and to just sort of bring that to light and to give, to let people know that they're not alone if they are going through that. Yeah, this is really awesome that there's an outlet for women that are in this situation. I think that's really great that there's kind of some somewhere for them to go so they don't feel so alone. Cause I think that is how bad rhetorics for relationships and things get started is when no one has, they're like, well, where do I go? Like, exactly. is it just me? Yeah. So I think this is really great, a really great way for them to, to have some resources and somewhere to go and someone to talk to. For sure. And I'm, happy that I can provide that because I've, you know, um, like I said, I've been through that and I know what that's like, and I want to be able to provide that, that helping hand. Guys, I will put all of the links, information, socials and everything. So you can find Sarah, chat with her and get more information on the course and the program. It has been such a great time chatting with you, getting to know you, getting to know more about this. Like I said, I was none the wiser. So this was really an eye opener for me. And I just thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Oh, no problem. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. And thank you again for having me on. This has been so much fun. And I I hope we uh, we keep in touch. Yeah, this has definitely been fun and definitely keep in touch. I'll find you on Instagram. So yes, I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. you, follow you back. I actually found you, but I was logged into my purse, like my personal one, but I'll follow you on like my other 
my other business one. Okay. Um, I haven't really been active on Instagram. Like I'll just randomly check the feed, but I haven't really yeah. been really engaged with it. Um, but no, I actually love, like, I even checked out like, um, a few of your episodes and stuff and it's, it's so good. Like, I love what you're, I love what you're doing. And the thing I honestly love about you is you're so real. Like when I listen to your conversations, it's like, you're just authentic. And it's like a lot of the podcasts I feel are like kind of scripted in a way, like they just feel so dense and yours is just so like, just like chilled. And like, it's like, it's literally like sitting with a friend. So I I love what the, the stuff that you're doing is so great. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because I was like <laughs> exactly where I was going with it. I was like, I have to be myself. So yeah. if this is the way that I can do it, then this is how yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, it, <laughs> that def- it definitely comes off. Uh, like I, I can, I can hear that. And, um, I'm hoping to be more active. It's just, I've been so busy with other stuff and I'm also doing like another sort of like coaching course and yeah. it's taken up so much of my time, but, um, all of the people that I've connected with over the past year, I definitely want to keep in touch with, because I think there's like opportunities for us to do like other sort of Instagram lives and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'll keep you in the loop. Um, especially if there's other sort of, um, stuff that comes up, I'll, I'll like, let you know about it. Um, because yeah, I think it's like, I think it's great for us, uh, you know, creators or even just people who are in the helping industry, um, to just like be there for each other, you know? (laughs) So yeah, podcasting um, is definitely like, I've met some really cool people and a lot of different coaches and like different (laughs) things I didn't even know you could have a coach for. And I'm like, wow, I'm like learning so much new stuff. (laughs) But you're also like, you are also in a way a coach or in the sense that like you are also providing value and help to people. So I think you have to also acknowledge that like you do also influence people in that way. Um, just by having just a basic conversation like that does wonders for people. <laughs> like I know even for me, when I was sort of going through that phase of solitude, like I lived on podcasts. Yeah. So I don't, I think sometimes podcasters forget the depth of, um, I guess influence that they actually have on people's lives. So. But it's a lot of work. I mean, I, I hate social media. I'm very much an introvert. I hate, I hate that stuff, but I know I have to do it. So it's like, um, I give so much credit to all of you guys who do that stuff. Cause it's like, if it wasn't for you, people like me would have nowhere to go. So yeah. it's like, so thank you for, um, for taking the time to like, yeah, to like meet with me and just, just hear me out basically. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Well, that's it for this episode, y'all. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. Like I said, I definitely learned a lot today. This is exactly why I have this podcast, because it gives a platform to those who want to share their stories and gifts and how they can help others achieve their goals and dreams, too. I'll have all of Sarah's links in the show notes for you so you can check her out. I hope this chat was helpful to you in some way today. As always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, please rate and leave your girl a written review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Let me know you're listening and you love it. If you want to share the love, simply screenshot this episode, tag me at the Awkward Mom stage on Instagram and share it on your stories so others can find the podcast as well. I'll reshare them and shout you out on the podcast as a thank you. If you'd like to donate to the podcast to help with behind the scenes or you just want to buy this hot mess mama a coffee, you can do that as well with the buy me a coffee link. If you're loving the show and you have topics you want me to cover or someone you think should be a guest on the show, send me a DM or an email and let me know. 
All right, y'all, that's it for me. I hope you have an awesome Friday or whatever day you're listening to this. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the Awkward Mom Stage podcast. Make sure to visit our Instagram page where you can follow and find information on next week's show and any updates for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for an all new episode. I hope you're having an awesome week. Happy hump day. And always remember you're beautiful. Lola.